Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Last year, we watched our whole industry change. That's why at this year's Cvent Excellence Awards, we want to showcase your hard-won achievements in creating impressive virtual and hybrid experiences. Don't miss your chance to be a finalist in our new categories, like the Virtual Virtuoso and Hybrid Hotshot. And you know what the best part is, Cody? All finalists receive two free registrations to Cvent Connect, not to mention exclusive experiences like an invite to our incredible award ceremony. Submissions are gonna be open through May, so check out all the category info and submit today at www.cvent.com slash excellence dash awards. All right, well, thank you for joining, Sophia. Can you give our listeners just a little bit of a quick background on what you do as a marketing programs manager at 3Play Media? Of course, yes, thank you for having me. So as a marketing programs manager at 3Play, I essentially plan and execute various marketing strategies with the goal of increasing our company sales, bringing in new customers, and then retaining our current customers. So on a regular basis, you'll find me working on our webinar series or strategizing with the conferences that we attend, as well as planning our annual conference. And then I'll also work with AdWords and deep in the trenches of the AdWords and on the back end of our website, finding ways to optimize our conversions and create a better user experience. That's fantastic. And I know that we really wanted to bring you onto the podcast today to talk more about accessibility. You know, we hear this a lot, and especially as we've all gone virtual, accessibility has become quite a hot topic. So for people who may not know much about accessibility, can you just share exactly what that entails? Of course. So in order for something to be accessible, it must offer an equivalent experience to everyone, including those with a disability. And this can refer to physical locations. So for example, having a ramp in addition to stairs to enter a building. And it can also refer to digital communications, which means that you want a disabled user to have access to the electronic information you're providing. And then in terms of our events that we host, whether we're doing them online or in a physical location, we wanna make sure that there are no obstacles for individuals with disabilities. And we wanna make sure that they have a seamless experience. Yeah, I mean, Brooke and I are always talking about, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion in events. This might be an obvious question, but why is accessibility so important for all events? Yeah. Well, ensuring that guests with disabilities can participate fully is an important part of an event planner's job, and it's also required by the law for public events. Uh, Everyone who arrives at an event should feel welcomed and should be able to enjoy the event to the fullest, and this goes whether it's the sessions you're providing, the food, and even the softwares that you're using. And then on the legal side, accessibility is required by the law. And one of the major laws in the United States is the Americans with Disabilities Act, also known as the ADA. And the ADA was created to ensure that there's equal opportunity for people with disabilities. And even though it was intended to apply for physical structures, 
through legal action over the years. It's now extended to the online world and our online events. And essentially what the ADA says is that public and private entities must provide equal alternatives for communication when necessary. And we also need to provide full and equal enjoyment for the goods and services that we provide in the public spaces. And this will depend on your industry. So if you're in education, there's gonna be different laws that you need to adhere to, but overall it's making sure that everyone can fully participate in your event and there's no obstacles for them. That is, that is so interesting. I, my uh, best friend and roommate, you know, does a lot of work in the community. And I know that they talk about accessibility all the time, you know, because it's really important for people to be able to, you know, read what content you're developing or take part in events. I, Cody, I feel like we hear about it a lot in virtual events when it comes to like captioning yes. the recorded or live. But I have to imagine there's this like whole host of things we haven't thought about. So what is the difference between accessibility when it comes to live events versus those more virtual events? Yes, definitely. There's going to be some things that overlap for sure and then things that are different. So for example, with virtual events, we need to look at the softwares that we're using. And so this includes things like, is it keyboard accessible? Is it screen reader accessible? Is there enough color contrast between the different elements? Are we providing alt text for the images? And are the pages, pages navigable? Uh, do we have descriptive links? All those things that go into the online world. And there's actually a, it's called the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, which also stands for WCAG. And these are guidelines that basically say the best practices for web accessibility. And a lot of times these are referenced for whether an online website is accessible or an online platform is accessible. So referencing, referencing these ones when you are hosting a virtual event is gonna be really helpful to make sure you're covering all the bases. And then in terms of live events, you're gonna to wanna to make sure that your building is accessible. Is there elevators for people with wheelchairs? You also wanna make sure that you have guides who can help anyone who has disabilities. And if you're using things like mobile apps to get around, you wanna make sure that those are accessible. And then one that often gets overlooked is the food that we provide. There's so many allergies and uh, different food preferences and making sure that we're accommodating to all those is also gonna be really important for live events. Oh, absolutely. Cody and I live in Portland where everyone is vegan. So we absolutely know about the, the dietary restrictions and things like that too. And actually, you know, when you said mobile apps, I, you know, I've heard about that. You know, we obviously had mobile apps as part of the Cvent platform for a long time. That's where I started. And so we would talk about, you know, being able to navigate through that if there are some, you know, some disabilities or some things that would need to be accommodated. So that accessibility is really important. But then the virtual events have come into play. And again, I mean, would you say that accessibility is now even more important because we're talking about virtual and that's really the only way that people are able to get their content right now? Yes, definitely. I mean, we've all shifted to an online space. And so because we're all connecting in this digital realm, we need to make sure that there's no friction for anyone and that they can all fully participate in our events. There's actually been numerous lawsuits over the years 
uh, suing websites like Netflix or even the Domino's website because they aren't accessible and it creates someone who has a disability can't access it and that ruins their experience and it also ruins the brand. So you really want to make sure that everything you're putting out in a virtual event and everything that you're hosting is accessible so that everyone can fully participate, especially now that we're all relying on digital communications. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, some companies like Domino's who just like ha- ran into some trouble without um, having such a broad idea of, of how to approach accessibility. So it can really happen to anyone. Where should you start if you know nothing about accessibility? Yes, definitely. Well, obviously a simple Google search will lead you to a plethora of articles, but if you start by Googling what is accessibility uh, and getting an overview of what it is and who it impacts, that's a really great place. And then familiarizing yourself with those WCAG guidelines is going to give you an overview, especially if you're dealing with a lot of online communications. And then learning about the benefits of accessibility because it goes beyond just people who have disabilities, when you create accessible products, it actually creates a better user experience for all your users. And then finally going more niche and learning about how accessibility impacts your industry and your job, because there are different laws for various industries around accessibility. You really wanna make sure that you're covering those. And then some of my favorite Places to learn more about accessibility is Medium. There's a lot of really great articles and that cover the basics on accessibility. There's Lainey Feingold. She's a disability rights lawyer and she has a website where she talks about all the lawsuits and how those got settled, which I think just gives a really great overview of what's happening in the digital realm. And then joining any accessibility Slacks that exist. I'm part of one Slack group where it's a community of people that are just so willing to help and answer questions. If you come to any roadblocks or you don't know anything about how to make your event accessible, they're all really willing to help and are experts and provide resources. That's awesome. I love that there's a Slack group for everything now. (laughs) I, I think this is just a, such a cool way to share information. And it sounds like you're very well versed. We're going to have to take down some of those resources that you suggested and put it in our show notes for our audience as well. Um, it's fantastic. So I have to imagine, I mean, you're so well versed in the accessibility. You've been planning and executing on events for years now. What are your best practices for making events accessible? Yeah, definitely. So I would say the biggest thing is to include a question in your registration form. If something like, do you require an accommodation? That puts it up front for the individual and will also help you as an event planner plan for what you need to do to make sure your event is accessible. And if you're unable to edit the form, you can always provide an email and make it really predominant that they should email you at this email if they require any accommodations. Another great thing to do is to include in your FAQ section any accommodations that you're gonna provide. So for example, at 3Play, we always provide closed captions. So we make sure that that's there and easy for attendees to find. Next, 
and I think this is really big, is talking to your speakers and making them aware that there's going to be people who have disabilities. In the speaker guides that I provide, I always outline the best practices for accessible presenting, which is things like describing what's on your slides or making sure to say the questions that are coming in that attendees are asking or read out any replies that attendees are saying. And then also things like having enough color contrast in your slides. Making this more upfront to the speaker will provide a better presentation for them and a better experience for attendees. And then lastly, providing captions for your sessions, whether they're live or recorded, it's not only going to make it accessible for individuals who are deaf or hard of hearing, but it's also going to provide a better user experience for everyone because captions really help with engagement and focus. Oh my gosh, there were some in there that I had never even thought of making the contrast on your slides describing what's on. The, I mean, this is such good information, um, especially when the captioning events. Are there any other um, benefits or best practices that you could share for the specifically the captioning part. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot. So number one is accessibility. There's, I think, 48 million Americans who have some degree of hearing loss. And so adding captions makes it really essential for your videos and sessions to reach the masses. There's also the legal protection side. Like as we discussed earlier, there's many laws around making your events accessible and your videos accessible. So providing captions makes you covered on that side. Then there's video SEO. So because search engine bots can't index or listen to a video, adding captions provides them with a text version of the video so that they can crawl it and index it accordingly. And then lastly, there's the user experience element. A study by the Journal of of Academy of Marketing Science said that captions help improve brand recall, verbal memory, and behavioral intent. So it really creates a better user experience for your attendees, even if they're not deaf or hard of hearing, because it helps them focus and engage with the content better. Oh my gosh, Brooke, this reminds me that uh, you and I basically watch all of our TV with closed caption and yeah. now I kind of know why. Like you kind of just like, like it makes more sense. You kind of um, retain the information more and you understand even the parts that maybe you wouldn't really quite know if you were just like kind of hearing it. So I, I love that. Um, dude, Sophia, it's been so great having you on here. We got to ask you our favorite question, which is, you know, if you had to leave one takeaway or piece of advice around accessibility for our listeners, what would that be? Yeah, of course. I would say be proactive, especially when you don't know anything about accessibility. When I started, I, I definitely did not know anything, but it's not as daunting as it is. So when you're proactive about accessibility in your events, it'll make it easier as you host more and more events. And one really great thing that has helped me is to make an accessibility checklist. And in there, I include all the accommodations and things I need to check to make sure that the event is accessible. And as we host more events, then I, I learn from those events, I keep adding to that checklist. And another thing that you can do is if you're able to have an accessibility policy up along with your other event policies, that way events know that you are being proactive and you do wanna make sure that they can fully participate in your event. And 
yeah, the accessibility policy will be something that they can refer to and make it really easy to know what they can expect. I think that's great. And I know we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, where you should start if you know nothing about accessibility. Does 3Play Media have like a website or is there anything you want to promote or share with our listeners perhaps? Yeah, we post a lot of great content around accessibility, especially if you are new to the accessibility world. And that website is just www.3playmedia.com and it's the number three. All right, great. We'll be sure to put a link in the show notes directing you straight to the site. But Sophia, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Before you guys know it, we'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.